What comes to mind when you think of the word self-absorbed? Did you think of yourself? (laughs) The thing of it is, if we're really honest with each other, nearly every person I've ever met, including myself, and likely almost every person you've ever met, or every person you've ever met, actually is quite self-absorbed. If that sounds too negative, let's at least say that we all tend to be a bit self-obsessed. So we are obsessed with our problems, with our ambitions, with our insecurities. And that's because we become too easily attached to the thoughts that happen to pop into our head on any given day. And they somehow seem important just because we're the ones who thought them. And what's more egotistical than that, really? You are listening to What We Should Have Learned in School. We're ultimately obsessed with our life perspective. We even talk about it as if it's our truth, quote unquote. But nothing we... (laughs) determine can be an absolute truth because every single human being is biased. None of us are ultimately 100% objective, including myself. Again, the word self-absorbed, it tends to have a lot of negative connotations in the traditional sense. But, you know, maybe you are also kind and considerate to other people. You can be self-obsessed and still be kind. Certainly. But I also want to invite you to really reflect on how many times when someone else is talking, do you relate the conversation back to yourself with statements like, oh, yeah, I know how you feel or, oh, X, Y, Z happened to me and blah, blah, blah. Oh, you've gone to Spain. Well, I've gone to France, right? (laughs) Silly example. Or how often do you relate the conversation or try to steer it to get the word out to evangelize your beliefs, basically. And I'm not talking about religious beliefs only here. It could be anything. It could be your political persuasion, where you're really trying to influence the other person to see the world the way you do. Essentially, that's to me, self-obsession. Well, I do this. My view is this. My opinion is this. My boss, my body, my relationship, my children, my husband, my country, my blah, blah, blah. There isn't anything to be blamed here because we've been kind of trained to ruminate about ourselves and our insecurities in this way. We haven't been trained to see that everything that pops into our head at the core, originally, it was just a neutral idea until we begin to give it importance or attention. And we sometimes do that collectively where there's so much garbage in our heads. We don't see it as garbage. We treat it like gold. So we get stuck in these kind of mental tennis matches of sorts. You know, we're we're essentially fighting with ourselves often because of this pattern, this habit of taking everything that comes into our mind seriously, especially if it's something negative about ourselves or another person. We tend to really hold on to that as if it's ultimately true because the feeling is so strong in our bodies. You know, that back and forth again. I know I should leave him, but I really love him. 
God, I feel like I'm wasting my time. But I never felt this way about anyone else before. I really don't like when he treats me like that. This is going to be the last chance. I really don't want to start over again. Or it could be a different flavor for you. It could be about weight loss. I need to lose weight in order to be happy. But I never do anything about it. God, I never used to be like this. I know I can do it. I've done it before. God, I'm so exhausted. I'm so afraid of failing. I'm so unhappy, but I can't do anything about it. I hate my job, but I need the health insurance, and so on and so forth. So if you're asking the question at this point, well, okay, yeah, I can relate to that. So how do I stop this? How do I stop thinking these thoughts? How do I stop this self-obsessed cycle? Well, I would encourage you to see those types of questions, the ones, how do I, how should I? Those types of questions are really an indicator light of sorts that can really show you that you're actually in the same framework. You're still in the personal framework where every personal thought should be cherished. You're still in that default kind of self-obsessed mode, except now you realize that it's painful. You want it to stop. So you become obsessed with trying to stop your obsessive thoughts. You see the irony in that? Starting a question with, well, how do I, is is still assuming that you, the conscious you, has a really extreme control over your experience. Like it's all up to the conscious you and that the intelligence, the greater intelligence behind your human system has nothing to do with it. For instance, those aha moments, we completely disregard that. We disregard our inner wisdom. We disregard often our gut instinct because instead we favor all the chatter in our head, the back and forth, the back and forth, watching the tennis game. And it's exhausting and it's painful. No doubt about that. Patterns that we think are made of steel, but are really made of Play-Doh. Our identity, who we are, our problems are self-made and self-perpetuating. As long as we continue to think that we're special and that our problems are so big and so grave, are so much bigger than other people that no one else feels the way I do, that is a trap. Because what we think is personal to us is actually quite neutral. What is happening to us in life as we experience the ups and downs of our emotions is actually a very non-discriminatory process. It's a very human process. It's a very universal process. So even though we do all have different experiences of the world, we have all been exposed to different environments. That's true. But the process by which we experience those environments is the same. That's why looking at the universal, peeling back the personal, because the personal is often very loaded, it's very painful. When we look at a different direction, when we look from a bigger lens of human beings in general, it pulls our attention out of the habitual for just a moment. And in that moment, we may glimpse the fact that life actually isn't as personal as it seems. That all of us are at the mercy of our brain's special effects system which brings to life our thoughts, our beliefs, 
it makes them feel like reality. But no one reality is more true than another. It, it, it is not possible. Because feelings are by their very nature subjective. They are biased, even the feelings we have about ourselves. So if you've reached the point in the episode today where everything I said has made a little bit of sense at least, but the thought that comes into your mind is, but all of this is easier said than done. I mean, how can I not take things personally? It's my life. How is it not personal? I invite you to perhaps listen again, and I invite you to consider these two questions. Do you have 100% control of life? Did you bring yourself to life? Were you responsible for that? And the second is, are you 100% credible? Is everything you think, is anything you think about yourself or others an objective fact? So do you have 100% control and 100% credibility? Maybe trying to control things in life, maybe by automatically thinking that it's somehow related to something you've done or didn't do, is actually adding to your experience of problems in life and not diminishing them. So instead of trying to think our way out of problems that were caused by overthinking, instead of trying to think our way into a better feeling, perhaps there's another approach to life. And that's what we talk about on this show in every episode. You've been listening to What We Should Have Learned in School. I'm your host, Amy Leo. If you haven't already, I encourage you to just click that subscribe button. Because one simple click really could make all the difference in how you approach your life. Until next time, take care of yourself and keep rocking.